Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Quentin Quarantino and it's a doozy because we are on to Kill Bill Volume 2 at last. In this very special episode back on the main line, we've got me, obviously, but we've also got Finn. Hello. And Fraser. Hello. Jack. Hi. So, we are talking about Kill Bill Volume 2, but before we start and get into our typical light-hearted slash gross hijinks where we talk about you know, feet and swear words and whatever Somebody we talk say about. feet? Yep, no, I, I, not me. Um, <laughs> that's Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Somebody say feet? Hello? Um, Jesse no. smashes through the wall like a Kool-Aid man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, before we get on to light-hearted stuff like that, we, for we should say a quick thing we had to speak about because you can't really talk about Kill Bill Volume 2 without mentioning this and then we're going to move on. During the filming of Kill Bill Volume 2, Uma Thurman was injured in a car crash um, during a stunt. Now, she still suffers from neck pain, back pain because of this. At the time, she told Quentin Tarantino that she didn't want to do it and actually Tarantino reportedly got quite annoyed. He assured her it was totally safe, that she would be fine uh, and she trusted him. They were very close friends. They were collaborators. This film is Q&U, Quentin and Uma and he was wrong. Um, he shouldn't have made her get in that car. He particularly shouldn't have made her drive in the opposite direction to the way they checked. Um, now, as director, it's his set. It's his actors to look after. And particularly, I think, when there's a very long-term, extremely close collaborator and a friend. And so, ultimately, there's a lot of responsibility that lies with him there. And it should be said, not with Uma Thurman. Uh, it is important to say, very important to say as well, too, their friendship has recovered. They've discussed collaborating again, although... As Tarantino's probably nearing his final film, um, he may not. That may not happen. But Furman, Furman has said she's forgiven him, and on Tarantino's part, he's openly said this is the greatest regret of his life. So, um, and it should also be said that the time when this happened, Miramax and Harvey Weinstein refused to release the footage of the crash to Uma Furman, which would have given us some closure, unless she signed something that basically said, "I have, I will not sue, I cannot sue," and that is fucking diabolical. And you know, I feel like at this point. Harvey Weinstein is a piece of shit. We hope he dies in prison is the motto of this podcast. And obviously that stands here. We're not going to discuss this again, but we thought, yeah, we thought that we couldn't really do an episode about this movie and say how fucking great Uma Thurman is for basically two hours straight, uh, which we are going to be saying without saying something like that. So that's the air cleared. uh, And now we can launch into the fun times. Right, guys? Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's start at the start then, shall we? I've called this scene one. Um, this is the first Blu-ray uh, movie that I've ever watched. This Kill Bill Volume 2. Wait, seriously? Yeah, I have, I've watched animated movies, but this is the first Blu-ray I've ever watched. Um, and it looked nice, but I also don't know what it looks like without the, <laughs> without the Blu-ray. The film <laughs> without it is... Uh, it's, it's very hard to tell what's going <laughs> it's on. It's all black and white, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's all black and white. It's, it's very fuzzy. Um, the lighting is about as bad as that of the coffin scene um, for the whole, the whole <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah, the whole thing. It was actually all filmed in a coffin, and these were all reshoots. Uh, mm. Yeah, there's okay, a so lot of editing done after the fact. It, it starts with the do you find me sadistic speech that Bill gives to the bride who's on the, you know, on the floor about to be shot in black and white again, like in volume one. Am I right in saying she's about to say, Bill, it's your... Is this when she says that? Yeah, it's yeah. Bill, Bill is your, your baby. It's ba- your baby, yeah. Yeah, and, and I missed that entirely. I just absolutely. <laughs> so when they started clearly being in a relationship in flashbacks later in the film, I was like, oh, this hasn't been hinted at before. I wonder if the baby is his. <laughs> no, oh, not once. Did not you- once did I think that until I read it on IMDb. 
Is it uh, ever confirmed whether that's the truth or whether she's just saying that as the last thing because it will stop him killing? No, him? I think it. I think it yeah, is the, he was. Yeah, she was pregnant before she met the um, the record the, store the, guy. The record yeah, yeah, yeah. She was she was pregnant already. So yeah, um, unless she was been sleeping around, which I believe had oh, not been it, mentioned. So it's childish, Bill, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so it then cuts to Uma Thurman driving in black and white, and she's talking about her revenge. You know, when she woke up from the coma, she sort of breaks the fourth wall, and she basically she says, "Oh yeah," and just like the movie tagline, you know, and she says, "Kill Bill." She says, "I'm going to go kill Bill," and then it comes up in volume two on the screen. But I really wish she'd gone. I'm going to kill Bill, volume, volume two. two. <laughs> <laughs> I wish she said that. Like, that would have been amazing. No, no, no. I'm... Leonardo DiCaprio going like. On the screen, uh, I, I've had to like in the in, in the last week. I've had to had to deal with the implications of another fucking movie saying the title with the numbers in the actual script. Which one was so, it? <laughs> what was it? Um, I haven't seen it in full yet, but one of the leaks about the last uh, Evangelion movie. Finn knows what I'm talking about. Wait, they literally the, the, say the, the, ti- name the of title the of the movie is spoken in the script. Yes, with what the numbers. The with the that's numbers. why this is Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. <laughs> Oh, that's why they call it that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's worse. It's worse than that it's, because the next... This is Neon Genesis Evangelion 4.2 plus 12.26. It's like F- Kingdom Finn's Hearts. It's pretty close, yeah. <laughs> this is Kingdom Hearts drop distance 2.5.2 divided by 8 square root of pi. In fact, Finn, I believe no, I, think it, I think it name drops. I think it name Mickey drops returns. the originals and the new one as well. This is oh Mickey kills goodness. Sephiroth the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I I too wish Uma Thurman had said it's time to kill Bill. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really wish I, I imagine that Mickey Mouse does fight Sephiroth in um, in the Kingdom Hearts franchise, but I've I'm never played it. Up. Get out of my dreams! <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna fucking kill an angel. Oh. Anyway, um, oh here I go, kill him again. <laughs> uh, chapter two, massacre at two pines. And we kind of see the quote-unquote wedding. It actually turns out to be a rehearsal and what happened. It's still in black and white, which is really nice. Um, and they talk about kind of how stories can change of each telling, which kind of is, again, well, it's not, you know, you're really seeing the real version this time. That's obviously a theme in Tarantino movies is perspective and like, perspective being key uh, and differential kind of viewpoints. So that's quite nice to, to snake in there. And what you see, Samuel, Samuel Jackson, Jackson as a smoking piano player who is may be the character from Pulp Fiction. Is that right? That's kind of the implication. She says he wants to go be a drifter. I, I, I'm not, I'm not fully aware of it, but that sounds feasible. These groom's parents, right? It's pretty awkward, and it's really weird. And I find this super weird. So the the dad calls his wife mother, which is what yeah. Mike Pence does. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah, Mike Pence refers to his wife as mother. So it's pretty creepy. Um. I guess if the kids are there, you know, if you got like, if you're like, what does mum say? But no, but he's going. No, but it's no. not like it's mother, not like in an here. interview. Like, mum, could you come in? Maybe you should call her mum. Maybe that's her name. <laughs> I will call my daughter mother. Mother. There's some deeper issues going on there with my parents. <laughs> yes. Oh well. <laughs> my pants and the neon the genesis evangelians. <laughs> oh. um, so the bride says, oh, you know. Food. <laughs> ah, what <Sigmund>. a stinker! <laughs> um, the fu- the bride has no one coming to her wedding, no family. Um, it's like a sticking point. Anyway, she goes out to get some air, but as she goes, she hears some creepy, creepy 
through loop music and she stalls. Now, that's obviously her realising Bill's outside. But to me, it reminded me of an episode of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated where a nerd girl convinces children to dress up like monsters and the signal for them to do that is the sound of a flute. Are you talking about a version of the Pied Piper story? Uh, it's meant to be based on a, a South American, Central American folklore, but for what I know, it's not actually, and they basically just well, made up the, a, the pipe, a Pied the Piper, Piper thing. does exactly the same thing with yeah. Luke. But some might say the Pied Piper was the good guy, though, so that story, you know... Um, mm, I know about those, that. No, those parents are rat-ass rat liars. Uh, and they, the kids, the, the kids about. I think, I think pump. not paying a bill is worse than being a paedophile slash murderer. <laughs> I don't yeah, believe the original story my... states that he's a paedophile murderer. I, I well, don't know where that he is. The takes original. the children away, and then they never come back. So maybe they maybe they're life. sold into slavery. Well, maybe we don't know until the sequel comes out. <laughs> Five Piper <laughs> Two. Five Piper Two. Teenagers Revenge. <laughs> Pied Piper 2, the rat is back. <laughs> They're all adolescent kids now, and he's like, oh, I'm done with them. Yeah. <laughs> Too much hassle. Oh <laughs> Pied Piper 2, you're never more than 10 feet from a rat, and that's why you need him. Kill Bill. Um, so <laughs> She goes outside, the bride. She goes outside, if we can remember that far back. Um, and she finds Bill, who's, who's playing the flute. His code name is actually Snake Charmer, so it makes sense. And I kind of always... Ass- always assumed you know in the previous cutbacks that they the whole viper gang had been invited to the wedding as and then you know they turned but actually no no, no they i just been assumed invited. they ambushed them this was i a, mean that makes more sense it makes much more sense um because they are killers um but yeah uh bill her having like a talk which is really well done it's very it's sort of sinister yet friendly kind yeah, of but it, it 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 continues that whole like motif of him being kind of uh, I don't know, like a slightly abusive ex. Like mm. he's 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 like trying to be friendly, but there's obviously slightly. Was it gets more? Bit... It gets more than slightly. I guess in a bit, it's not quite. Yeah, well, it, it, <laughs> at this point, it's like that's what it. it you know, that he's he's trying to kind of charm her a little bit and make her feel bad snake, for snake leaving. Charm her. Um, and he does that by, you know, subtly threatening her. I would also say we see her feet in sandals and his feet in shoes. Feet. Feet, Zoom. Fraser, it's feet time. Feet, feet. Somebody say feet. Yeah, feet time. I heard feet. Fraser, I heard Fraser feet. loves a bit of feet time. Um, anyway, Bill says he'll do his best to be nice, which in my head was like, I will use high quality bullets. Um, Bill... I will shoot only for the centre of mass and head. <laughs> Very kindly. Bill asks... Um, the bride as well what her he goes what's your j-o-b and i'm like wait j-o job um <laughs> it took me a minute to work it out uh but yeah like, and come then on, they kiddo, sun- we're taking you to the d-o-c-t-o-r <laughs> her name is uh beatrix kiddo as well which i think we said last time but this is this movie is like in the previous one they, there's kind of like almost like a hint whereas in this one they do just repeat it no it's, to her it's, as um, Beatrix kiddo. it's an easter egg is that they keep blurring it blurting um her name out but her plane tickets have got it written down no it's not they say beatrix in the version i watched they say beatrix in the original i mean kiddo in, the, in, in volume one in volume one you can see it on a plane ticket but yeah, yeah 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 it's interesting that it's that that is not kept up fully in volume two because occasionally they bleep well, it out the, i think it's don't. there's there's a turning point i think it's once she's on the hunt for bill and killed all the others i think is when they stop censoring it it i correct it might i might be wrong there but i think that was when they start because they censored it consistently 
and then mm. they just started using it. Until he's the last one left, yeah. Until he's yeah, when he's the last one left, they use it constantly because um, the pimp uses her name, and mm. like, but and they, but they also censor it when in, there's um uh is it Ellie Ellie, Ellie Driver. Driver? Yeah, she 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 says it and it's bleeped. Yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. But this is when the so they talk start. They don't start talking about kind of assassination. It's very casual, but it immediately makes the conversation get much more sinister, which I, I really like. And I don't really get, you don't get, I don't think, I'm going to kill you vibes off him yet, really. I didn't get that. I don't know if you guys thought. There's a little a good bit of like, I'm missing you and I don't know, there's like a jealousy Yeah, yeah. in it. There's a, there's a kind of, you know, it's not quite, if I can't have you, no one can, but it's a, yes, hmm, it's not, yeah. is this what you've chosen over me then? He's a good actor and he's especially good around people that, mm. that uh, care about him. He's, he's manipulative. Well, yeah. That's it's interesting. Again, really interesting character. Uh, mm. The groom, though, Fraser, who we're just, you know, this is the guy you've chosen. Fraser, do you agree he looks a bit like a knockoff John Constantine? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. A bit. I think he seems quite nice, though. Um, I don't know. The, the guy well, later calls him a dick. Yeah. I think the groom seems okay. No? Who calls they him want... a dick? Bill calls him a dick later. Yeah, but that's because Bill's a jealous... That's true. Coward. I kind of just was like, Bill's wrong! Yeah, he is nice. wrong, but he's also blinded by jealousy. He's a murderer. <laughs> yeah, he's not a reliable source. Now I know that they were like dating cause at the time. I genuinely hadn't caught on Sam when I was watching this or whatever. They were together. Um, the fact that the bride introduces Bill as her dad, who they thought was stuck in Australia, now is much grosser. But it's like a feasible lie of why. Yeah. Why he can't come to the wedding? It's a six-month boat trip. He only <laughs> travels. Travels by galleon. My mother tra- tragi- tragically was killed in a plane crash when, <laughs> yeah, it, so it, he... when it collided with a helicopter, and so my father <laughs> refuses to travel by either either option. By killed in a plane crash when everyone on board it was weighed down by the huge number of samurai swords that they had on board. <laughs> <laughs> Truly tragic. <laughs> Just hundreds, hundreds and thousands of them. Um, no, so. Bill then says, it's, this again, quite serious, you know, it's bad luck to see the bride in her dress for ceremony, because it's just a rehearsal. Very creepy. I have written here, what, Bill and kiddo fucking, question mark? Uh, she kisses on the li- <laughs> him on the lips twice. And again, I still hadn't realised. I was still, still ignorant. That's like, I would argue it's one of the, one of the core themes of the entire well, series. I got it later, but, but not that. It's in the first one as well. Is it? Well, in the first one, it's it's your baby. Oh, is that in the first one too? Yeah, it's in the first one as well. Oh, I missed it both times. <laughs> I only know about I only know about that because I read a transcript. Why? Right, okay, wow, good good job, me. Anyway, it then pans back out. This is this shot. This shot is amazing, right? It it pans back out the church, back and back and back and back to reveal the four Viper assassins: Vavita Green, Oren Ishi, uh, Bud, who's um. Bill's brother and uh, played by Michael Madsen and Ellie Driver and it's great it's an amazing shot and then it they walk into the church and screaming and shooting starts and the bride in the film just screams just screams Bill in a horrible harrowing way uh, and then then you know and then the word kill the show she goes Bill kill <laughs> Bill kill which of course is backwards for kill Bill obviously <laughs> lick limb lip. Um, yeah, but it's quite again. 
it's quite restrained for a movie, in my opinion, that so that pre- in the previous volume was so obsessed with blood fountains and mutilation. And this entire movie, in fact, is much more restrained because it's part two. It's you know, it's essentially a second act rather than the second movie. Yeah. Uh, it's how it was originally conceived. Some... There is a bit, but it's not as much as I'd have liked. I would have definitely liked more excessive violence, like genuine. I wish there'd been one more mega fight, like like the crazy eighty eight. <laughs> I wish. I don't know what. Just you got. Then what you guys at the at the strip club that Bud works at. Yeah, maybe then, yeah. Like, all the strippers fighting. <laughs> they're all assassins. What do you what um, do you, you guys think about that? About I, I kind of I, I guess fights? so, but I, I like I don't know. I think it would have. It shows the fact that it was supposed to be one film because it doesn't yeah. feel like it doesn't feel like it, you know it's treading the same ground very much. Yeah, that's also fair. It's, and I think that's a good thing. And uh, yeah, you know. at its original screening, it got a five-minute standing ovation, so I think it paid off. Yeah, um, good. Film. Uh, Jack and Fraser, you any thoughts on that about the kind of change in the violence? Um. um. All I can say is the violence in the first one is just a reference to all the, the, the classic um, kind of samurai movies. This one has a bit more of a kung fu martial art. Kung fu. Yeah, martial I see arts. yeah, they, they yeah. tend to be a yeah. lot more bloodless. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, you're right about that too. Yeah, that was my thought exactly. Of it that to be way. Yeah, really interesting. That's cool. I hadn't thought about that. That might be the most interesting thing. That might be the thing I've liked the most out of all the comments we made in all the podcasts. I'm, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I love that. I'm right. just brilliant. I'm smiling now a lot. I love a little interesting. Yeah, great. Oh, man, it's awesome. I need to watch some of these old Kung Fu movies as well. I've never watched any. Well, some of them are really good. Um, in, in Bruce Lee's last movie, um, he died before it was finished, and they replaced him with a cardboard cutout of Bruce Lee for some of the reaction shots and stuff. Um, and I believe the scene of his character's funeral is actually Bruce Lee's funeral. I think Wait, that might also is be Is that true. the one where... Is Bruce, was it Bruce Lee who got killed by Blanks? No. Uh, Crow. That was the Crow. That was his son, randomly. Really? Um, yeah, so that was. If I recall, was wasn't it? They thought died. it was blanks and some. What, there was no, 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 it, it was. It was blanks, but there was something else stuck in. Oh, it was the, it, the was previous it blank shell in the was barrel stuck in it. Yeah, the shell was in it, and it came. There out. was a fragment of a previous blank. Yeah, got it's fired stuck. by the blank. Incredibly tragic. Um, I mean, t- terrible. Yeah, like awful. Well, that's why they stopped using blanks for. Oh really? Combat in films. Right. Yeah, blanks okay. are only used for if you're shooting at something that isn't a human. Right, um, okay, because yeah. they're really dangerous because it is literally right. the explosive right. power of well, God. not quite that of a bullet, but close enough to yeah, you know, to kill somebody. If you if God. you shoot somebody, if you shoot a blank um, at somebody's skin, like at close range, it will burn them. Right, there's the there's the bit in um, in Bruges where a guy gets shot in the eye with a blank and it blinds him permanently because it. Oh, that's that's not that's not a burn. That's literally the the ga- the expanding gas just blood pops his eye. Yeah, it's, it's oh. like it's really it's blanks and nasty. Fucking um, right, okay. So they don't use them um, in films anymore, which is good. Good. Or rather, they do, but you have to do actual firearms training and then yeah. point them at people. Yeah. So at this point, right now, guys, now it cuts to color. It's no more color anymore. And we get this lovely mountain desert scene, which really, to be honest, made me think, God, I want to go somewhere. I just want to go explore <laughs> the world, not be trapped here. And then it kind of pans down to a shitty caravan. I'm like, oh, it's, it's fucking Walter White <laughs> in Breaking Bad. It's just fucking making making his um, his drugs out in the desert. I don't um, know if he's, se- that, if he's that. For the record, I've not seen Breaking Bad. Um, it's good. So, it's really good. 
I will watch it. It's a television show, so watch I'm more Call likely to watch it than well. a movie. Better Call Saul. I was more interested in Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul, I, I think, then... is actually a better show. Well, better I was told is... off. I was like, you can't watch Better Call Saul without watching, watching Breaking Bad. I think watching Breaking Bad will help you enjoy Better Call <laughs> yeah, Saul more. I'm but, sure it will. I will um, watch Breaking Bad at some point. But um, Better Call Saul is just it's the best thing on. So um, good. Bill is telling Bud, he's there, about how the bride has killed um, Oren and the, the Crazy 88. And then and also, <laughs> Bud... Um, oh, Copperhead? Copperhead, yeah. yeah Copperhead and Cottonmouth as Oren. Um, and <laughs> Bud's like, yeah, I pawned my Hattori Hanzo sword for $250 because they're talking about how the bride's got a new... Which we found out <laughs> a lie later. Even with inflation, that's about the same as what you pay for a stamped shopping mall katana. <laughs> that is the, if that if that was true, which spoilers it's not, which not. would be the stingiest uh, pawn shop owner in most of the continental United States. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it is. Maybe I like the idea is. that he did pawn it for that, and then he bought it back when he had a bit of a windfall. Oh, maybe. <laughs> 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 Maybe he wasn't lying. Maybe he was only lying from a certain Pawns perspective. Pawns it for 250, comes back, and they've added three zeros. <laughs> and he's like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to need to bounce out so many strippers. That's what I bet. He's working as a bouncer at a strip club. I think that's what a bouncer at a strip club does. I'm not familiar with these establishments. That's what a bouncer does, right? He bounces the strippers. Like, that's <laughs> I don't know. I don't go to clubs or strip or the, of either the music or strip He variety, uses his so beer belly as a trampoline. <laughs> Bouncer. Um, yeah, Bill doesn't look much like an assassin at this point, to be quite frank. In my opinion, he looks a bit like a stiff breeze or maybe the bride's spit reflex could just kill him. But, um, you know, um, apparently he is, and you'll see later, he is an accomplished fighter. But, yeah, so Bud is kind of ready to accept revenge. Uh, you know, whatever comes to him, you know, and Bill... Because he feels guilt, but he also thinks it. No, he didn't say he's prepared to accept it. He said he's ba- yeah. he's not going to run away from it. But that yeah. doesn't that doesn't He'll mean he's just going to do nothing. It just no, because he's he also thinks that the bride. He also thinks that the bride deserves what's coming to her as well. Yeah, oh, yeah. she's equally making, a bad person. Oh yeah, for making Bill fall in love with her, Ooh. and also killing probably a load of people as well. Um, no, I mean, I guess he's more. I think he's more annoyed about. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure he's more annoyed about Bill's people. heart being broken or whatever. Yeah, but it's. It, I think again, a really nice thing to inject into the film is to make one of them semi-guilty or guilt-ridden. Yeah, that's, definitely. That's really great, and I love that. And I kind of didn't know it was missing, uh, or I thought it was missing from Kill Bill Volume One until I saw this here, and I was like, "Oh, that's great." As we fair, I mean, Vivita Green isn't like. Fuck, yeah, I, I, I think they I, all I, have she a little... isn't. I think Oren's the only one who absolutely is not. I don't think she's repentant at all. Whereas Vivita Green's like, you know, it was biz- sort of like it was business. I'm doing this now. This is my life. Yeah, I've moved on. I'm she's re- perfectly she's willing to of, let you move on. She's kind of repentant, like literally the second before she dies. She's like a little bit yeah. like, oh shit. You're the not second before some, she slides down that. Some blonde slides down the wall. Like... <laughs> um, and then we get, this is such a cool bit. Chapter three, chapter seven, sorry, The Lonely Grave of Paula Schultz. Uh, so Bud goes to his shitty empty strip club and his boss shouts at him, his boss Larry, shouts at him, he's angry because Bill, because Bud is late. Um, and he goes, are you trying to convince me that you're as useless as an asshole right here? And um, Larry points at his like elbow and I'm like, I don't know, I think that'd be quite a useful, convenient place to have an asshole. Just like what, pull up your sleeve. If you've got a short sleeve, 
You'd have know? to wear long sleeves. A lot well, yeah, you wouldn't have. You know, um, you wouldn't have to. It'd be convenient. I'm saying. He's saying it'd be useless. I'm saying it'd be convenient. Um, and I think we need to have some pl- horrible plastic surgery to test that. Uh, <laughs> Larry fires him, but well, temporarily kind of fires him by crossing out his name on a calendar. Um, but first, before he goes, he has to first insult Bud's shitty hat. <laughs> oh yeah, what have I told you about that hat? No, no, where that hat? It is a shit-eating hat. Oh, oh man. Um, and there's a shit-eating cowboy hat I've written here. And then he w- tells her, "Oh, well, the strippers has a job for you." And she's like, "Yeah, the toilets, toilets block. Go and block the, the shit water toilet. is coming out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he goes home to his his caravan as ominous organ music plays, and the camera pans down really nicely to reveal that the bride is under the caravan wearing like um, black clothes. But I thought he was playing the guitar. I didn't realize so he just listened to a record. Stuff. Uh, yeah, it was wearing like a mask, so maybe COVID's going around. But yeah, I, I was thought he was playing the guitar, not listening to her music. But then I immediately was like, oh, imagine if he was playing like, not what he, whatever he's listening to, but he was playing like Wonderwall or um, All Star. <laughs> just in the, hey there, you're an All Star. As the bride like sneaks around outside. He's listening to a bit of Tom Jones in his caravan. <laughs> Uh, Bride kicks down the door to try and get him and gets two shotgun shotgun blasts to the chest. Uh, of, of, turns out to be rock salt. But I was like, they basically damaged her jacket a bit. But I was like, I guess if they'd been shells, am I right in saying she would be a head and some legs? Yeah, if it was like, I don't know, um, triple, yeah. triple buck or something like. If, if that was buckshot, there wouldn't be much left of that, right? No. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, what I love slight about scratches. It. Is this lit? Well, to be fair, it still it still basically crushes her chest and like leaves her like completely winded. But I love how it's literally just you know she kill she kills or eighty eighty gangsters martial artists. Eighty eight, yeah, the crazy eighty eight. Well, well, they say that they aren't eighty eight actually, yeah, don't they? Oh yeah. Um, but then and then it's just some guy who's probably a bit wasted on like a rocking chair. <laughs> In his like caravan, and he has the power of alcoholism and depression, and so he just she underestimates him because of everything. So he he doesn't he doesn't give any indication that he knows that she's there the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She is lying on the ground outside. He comes over to her. She spits in his face. He then spits in her eyes. Yeah, but right? with his his because he's a he chews he tobacco. tobacco. Ah, that makes sense. There, that's, that's explains the bucket is like as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that so gross. Why he's like the fucking alien spitting like black gunk, <laughs> <laughs> like acid. <laughs> Chewing tobacco is such a rancid habit. Oh man! And as somebody who used uh, sniffing tobacco, uh, that was just <laughs> that was so weird. They you just mean, got like, it out mean, on you... like a potholing trip. They were just like, you mean a you mean a snuff box? Yeah, it's yeah, a little snuff box. And I was just like, well, huh. what, are you from like nineteen twenty? <laughs> She then, then, then the bride dies, and the film's over. Uh, no, yeah. um, no, no, no. It's just her he, head um... is there. Game over appears on the screen. <laughs> Try again. No, she drinks. He drinks um, some beer over kind of her knocked out body, and then he calls Ellie Driver. Did you mention he sticks a needle? Does it? Uh, does it? Yeah, he yeah. She, a... she, she's on the floor in pain. Oh. The shotter, and then when she's incapacitated, he sticks a needle in her. Oh, I missed that. Okay, yeah, so that's to keep her knocked out, I guess. That yeah. makes sense. And he's just, like, playing around with the sword. He's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. He calls Ellie Driver and basically says, yeah, I'll give this you for <laughs> can, can we get dollars. an insert of the bit with David Jones in Pirates of Caribbean 3 where he kills Norrington and goes, Ooh, nice sword, and just walks <laughs> off with it? <laughs> no, I'm not having any Pirates of Caribbean in this. We're not watching those. 
They don't exist. You're not doing Damn. this. Future David might do it. You'll know, listeners, if I've done it. And if I haven't, I'm going to leave this bit in to show how lazy an editor I am. Anyway, so basically, they agree. She agrees, I'll, I'll buy the sword of you for a million if you make sure that she suffers in the end. And so, uh, which I think she's suffering a bit. She's got salt in her. Yeah, she's not like a slug, but it's still painful. Um, <laughs> I just... <laughs> Just remembering what happens to slugs when they touch salt. It's not that funny. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. It's not funny. Living beings. I mean, it's it not. Says I mean, you I... inject stuff in beetles. Yeah, I, olive... <laughs> I was injecting olive oil into beetles. They loved it. Um... <laughs> I can taste it behind my eyes. <laughs> also, to me, to me... <laughs> <laughs> you gave beetles reverse liposuction. Is what you did. <laughs> uh, to be fair. When I injected the olive oil in the beetles, only a couple of them exploded. Whereas when you give it to slugs, <laughs> um, anyway, they bury. So basically, the his plan is to bury the bride alive in a graveyard where she'll wake up. But it's cool to note this was a real genuine fear in the 1800s. A big, it was a massive craze. Um, so Hans Christian Andersen used to sleep with a note that said like. I'm I'm just asleep. I'm not dead to <laughs> avoid being buried alive. And they had this is where you guys have heard you have like coffins with bells on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, the ring. thing on the bells is they also blow in the wind. They also blow in the wind. So also, <laughs> I've almost said there's never there was never a report of anyone who used those coffins actually getting buried alive. And well, this, it's very to hard ring. to tell. Is the is part of the fear? What, what basically what this is a lesson is is that uh, funeral directors and morgue workers. <laughs> Uh, really, really needed some regulation in the 1800s. They were just yeah. far too powerful and effective in their jobs. <laughs> they were the most effective industry in the world. <laughs> they, they were the literally, you know, they were, just, they were sustaining their business by just knocking on people's doors. And if they didn't respond, like, you know, it could be like two in the morning, you know, and they're knocking the doors like, oh, no response. They're clearly dead in a coffin. They go, and then they build the family later. And um, the thing is, at the time, there were no. There was no understanding of what quote, quote, a sign of life was. So one of the suggestions for this was to stab someone in the heart of a flag. If the flag waved, they were alive. Like this was generally the kind of suggestions that are being suggested, or blow hot tobacco up their ass. Like if they don't respond after like three puffs, then they're dead. Um, like genuinely, there was no sort of agreed upon sign of life. Wait, so, what, what, what century was this? We knew what the heart did at this point. 1800s, there was no agreed upon sign of life. They didn't know, they really wasn't their way of totally verifying. Like, it, it's, I don't know exactly why. It sounds so obvious to us now, but why doctors had trouble. I know there was a prize offered for working out a really good way and that the flag was was that. But you can have, you know, weak pulses and you could have, for instance, other, re- you know, you might... That feel like again. This sounds this sounds like pulse. overreaching funeral directors <laughs> deliberately re- what, suppressing a, do- a, a medical science in order a, to expand their operations. A guy that's obviously a doctor, but obviously a funeral director, but he's dressed as a doctor. Like, oh yeah. yes, they're dead. He's still got the big top hat. And he and he's got the off, coffin. Takes off his doctor outfit to reveal a funeral director <laughs> one, and then takes that off to reveal his corpse salesman one. And then, <laughs> right. like, I'm Mr. Burke, the old no, doctor. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I find it hard to believe that they didn't. They, they weren't aware of these things. I guess what they were looking for was a consistent A consistent way sign of, doing, of life was... Yeah, like yeah, medical exactly what didn't, yeah. protocol yeah, yes, for it. Yes, exactly. That's, that's but it. they, that's knew, they knew signs of life. Yes, yes, yes. They did. Uh, anyway, this is such a divergence that I'm going to just force us back on track. Okay, so next, like I said, they buried Kiddo, Bidget's Kiddo, the bride, in 
a coffin. Or at least, sorry, she wakes up, first she wakes up in the back of Bud's truck while the grave is being dug by this just random guy. Uh, Bud is wearing Bud's this mate. stupid hat. Yeah, Bud's mate. He then basically, this is really tense, actually. It's really stressful. He holds, like, he's like, she's like, obviously kind of fighting a bit and he gets like a can of mace and he holds it right at her eye and he's like, you know, I'm either going to set, put you in this coffin with a torch and you'll be able to see something or I'm going to spray an entire can of mace in both your eyes and you're going to fucking burn your eyes out. You're never going to be again. blind down there. It's incredibly fucked up. It's incredibly effective. Mm-hmm. And she plays along. So he gives her a torch, which is nice. Nice guy. Um, would you, what would you guys want? If you were buried alive, what, what object would you, would you want? A gun. Choose like Desert Island Discs. Okay, a gun. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I want what? the mutiny option to be able to shoot myself. Okay, Jack, what would you have if you were buried alive? What item would you want with you? Um, um, <laughs> I mean, a mythbuster you can also the go. coffin collapses most of the time when you're buried alive if the coffin isn't... Assuming it doesn't. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jack, for the thing I would have said as well. What, what would a mobile a phone? A mobile phone. No, yeah. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna get good signal down there. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> yes, you'll be fine. Wooden, wooden dirt doesn't really interrupt a phone signal very much. Go, phaser, mobile phone, or gun. Oh, both are two good options. <laughs> <laughs> Depends both on the good. mood before you go in the coffin. Yeah. <laughs> Finns are given up already. Jack's like, I'm just going to call for help. I'll be, I'll be fine. I even know what grave it is. I was told. The guy said. They can locate your phone signal. You don't have to know what you are. Yeah. <laughs> Thing is, though, if, even if you had the phone, you'd still have limited oxygen. Uh, so it could be like yeah. nah, know, the a wood's few poorer, minutes until, so... people, until people could arrive. It could be hours, even days, which is why Not the guns are probably be become days. useful because... If no help comes, then you may as well just fucking off yourself. <laughs> Unless you're buried in the Arctic Circle, it won't be days. Um, he then, so she gets in the coffin, you see her feet. They are wearing shoes, but feet again. Kiddo. Too fair, she takes off her boots because she is bound by a belt around Yeah, it's just that later though. We get Quintan Tino tempting us with feet before the feet properly come out. Also, um, this is where I found it confirmed where Bub was like, you broke Bill's heart. And so I genuinely, until this point, didn't realise that they were together. This is when I realised. It took a while. Um, <laughs> you were such a disloyal employee. <laughs> yeah. The nail in the coffin shut sequence is amazing. It like cuts as they like hammer the nails in with each cut and stuff. It's just really good. Uh, and you see like the coffin like close and the light get less and less. It's really claustrophobic and ultimately you get it in total darkness for quite a while before she turns the torch on. It's it's amazing. And Uma Thurman just absolutely smashes it. Not the coffin, not yet, but smashes the Later. acting. Incredible, right? Um, yes. I, I kind of wish she was exploding in blood fountains as she like screamed and scrabbled around. But Blood poured out of her mouth as she screamed. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like like the devil vomiting locusts or something, <laughs> firing blood. Um, chapter eight: the cruel tutelage of Pi May. Uh, it's now a flashback, as I've written here. It should be no surprise that this film is nonlinear. I mean, literally the whole thing is a flashback because yep, she's driving to kill Bill at the beginning. To Bill kill. To Bill kill. Um, yeah. To lip lip lip. Lip, no. Bill, lip, kill Bill. Lip, it's lick. lip, lick. Can you re- can you reverse that section of audio? Can we can we do can we can we do a new thing where we just randomly invert? I'll speech? reverse it. I'll reverse it now and see what it sounds like. 
So maybe that sounded good, or maybe it didn't. Okay, Bill and the bride are at like a, a fire um, in the outdoors, and he's kind of telling her, she, he's playing the flute, and he's telling her the story of Pai Mei, who's a powerful martial artist, who, because a monk didn't nod back to him, he goes and he kills um, like all of the monks at the temple using his five-point palm exploding heart technique. Um because you do it, and then your heart explodes after you take five steps, which feels like a very good Yu-Gi-Oh card. Um, mm. it's like in five turns, your character, your you card get a lot explodes. of exposition out while you're <laughs> about to die. I thought my deck was the greatest, but your deck was the greatest. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> are, are people in are people in wheelchairs immune to this technique? <laughs> yes, they wheel <laughs> roll five away. feet and then they kill over. It kind of implies that because in the end, when she spoilers uses it on Bill, he definitely only dies after he takes <clears throat> six, uh, five steps. Um, He's got a very strong heart. A lifetime of cardio buys you one step. That's all you get. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger could do could do like seven steps because his muscles will maintain it. Um, Finn, you had a fact about the stick flute, didn't you? Your son yeah, Tibia. okay. Well, uh, yeah, the stick flute. So the stick flute, the flute is something that the actor plays and has anyway. And the reason he has it in oh. this film is because of his famous character he played in. I think it's a TV show called like Kung Fu or something, which was he did for a long time and he used the flute in that and i think it's in that or in something else uh the character he played uh practices kung fu i assume but basically <laughs> the 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 character like the martial arts that the character practices um as a monk is supposed to be accompanied with an art form is part of the sort of what you're supposed right. to do and so he decided that his art form would be playing the flute and being a musician and okay. so um, he then just brought his flute along, which he made himself. Um, <laughs> and he literally just brought it along and they didn't tell him to stop doing it. And then it just became a thing. Nice. And then this character has it. And that's why he has a flute in this film. It's, it's a reference to that. And also the okay, flute yeah, is cool. longer because it's designed for hitting people with as well as playing. Because everything above where he's blowing it doesn't do anything for the sound. But yeah. He does remind me a little bit with this stick of um, Daredevil's trainer. Who is, who is, yes, uh, creatively called Stick. Stick. Um, Stick, that's his name. Um, Stick. Yep, that's his name. That's his name. If if Stick used, like, I don't know, a, flute. a, a spoon to hit Daredevil with. Be called Spoon. Would he be called Spoon? Uh, yeah, almost certainly. I'd imagine so. I mean, he's not called Blind Man. So <laughs> he's not named after be, his probably, disability. He's no, named so he's probably named after, after whatever he, he uses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Daredevil's not called Blind Man either. <laughs> Should put it's not out. called Blind Man. Blind Devil, um, which is a, which is the worst name. I I also have a Pi May sort of fact. I I wonder if it's the same Pi May. Um, well, you say yours, and then I'll say mine because I think mine let will me add get on to, to yours. Should we get to where we see Pi May quickly, and then yes, we'll do. It. So we see the bride. It now cuts to kind of like he says, "Don't do not defy Pai Mei at all." And then it cuts to kind of Bill coming down some stairs, and she's like, "Right, steps outside. It's time for you to you know, go train with Pai Mei." Warning: He hates Caucasians, despises Americans, and has nothing but contempt for women. So you'll be fine. Um, she climbs up loads of steps with all this stuff in a really nice, pretty montage that again made me wish for the outside world. And now we see Pai Mei, uh, and as I'm saying. 
wow, never before have I seen an old man more clearly a young man in a wig. Not, I wonder if this is the thing you had. This, this Paimé is played by um, Gordon Liu, who was Johnny Moe in Kill Bill Volume 1, a man who is bald, very much not a hundred-year-old monk with flowing beard. Wait. And you could tell. Yeah, it's the same guy. Do you not wait, know this? So, wait, so he plays Johnny Moe. Johnny Moe. He's one of the crazy 88, right? Yes, he's a leader. So he's bald. Is, is he Japanese? He's young. Uh, no, he's Chinese. He's Chinese, uh, I okay. Because I, like, I was like, which 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 character is he not? Because... Because um, obviously, when he's Pai Mei, he's like, "I hate the Japanese." Is like yeah, he, half of what he, he talks about. Yeah, Pai, Pai Mei is definitely Chinese because he speaks Mandarin and Cantonese. Gordon, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Japanese. Gordon, Gordon Liu is from. I'm just looking it up. Uh, is a Chinese martial films actor. He Chinese. is from uh, Guangdong. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it in China. Yeah, so yeah. Gordon Liu is Chinese. Um, but yeah, so he played Johnny Mo as well. And I mean, it is. It's not great makeup or wig no, or hair, to you, be quite no, frank. Have you? The, is, was that your Pai Mei fact? Uh, my Pai Mei fact was it was the same actor. The the, yes, <laughs> the wig and hair is I've my, got a better opi- is my opinion, fact, which I'm sure <laughs> okay. people who know a lot about martial arts films will know. This Pai Mei is a recurring character who exists in loads of martial oh, arts films. What? He's infinitely old. He frequently dies, and then is just in another film. He is like an <laughs> eternal spirit of martial arts, basically. I, That's I did, very cool. I did find this out and, from watching and this he's, movie. he's yeah, so he's literally in loads of different films and he always has that like that sort of very thin white hair and like yeah, the mustache yeah, yeah. and stuff. And he's even he's even in Dota as one of the heroes as Void Spirit. <laughs> because Void Spirit has possessed a a version of Pi May. And has now combined with him and formed. The that new is a of fact. So, like, yeah. So, Pai Mei is literally this That's really this eternal character who just is always like he's always really sort of aggy and really hard to talk to, and does stupid shit like yeah. ripping people's he's eyes out. And funny. Yeah, and is like really funny and like always like has like little quips and stuff. We find out later that's why Ellie Driver wears an eye patch because she disrespects him as he pulls out her eye. But yes, Pai Mei is very cool. Yes, um, he shouts at her in Cantonese, and there's a really fun. I will train zoom. you like a dog. <laughs> Is that why the note zooms on his face, right? Well, that's the the bit where he's like, "Can you uh, can you speak Cantonese?" And she's like, "No, not really, but can you understand it?" And and she's like, uh, "A bit." And he's like, "Okay, well then I'll train you like a dog." And he just sort of like points at things for her. Yeah, he just says basically, if you um, we're not here to do linguistics, so you speak mm, when you're spoken yes. to, and then I'll tolerate how bad your Chinese is. Yeah, yeah. It zooms. There's some really fun like zooms on his face that are mm. really like old kung fu movies. I, I, that was really nice. Um, but I don't know if you guys know. Here's another primate fact. So this is according to IMDb. It's the first. I think it's the first piece of trivia on the IMDb page. Um, apparently, originally, uh, he was going to speak in English, but he was going to be speaking Cantonese, and then there would be a bad, not synced up dub oh, in English wow. over it, and that was going to be Quentin Tarantino, and they dropped it in favour of Gordon Liu doing it. But um, oh. yeah, I like that idea, like a deliberate. I like bad the idea dub. that there's a version on the DVD where you can just switch it. That would be great. Tarantino voice, where it's just. <laughs> Tarantino does the voice of anyone not speaking English. Wow, look at these donuts <laughs> while they're eating the eating the rice bowls. Um, yeah, but this man, this man, he goes all about. Uh, he hates samurai swords. He hates the Japanese, so he's very much not a weeb. But yeah, um, it's a really great scene though because it's tense because you know how dangerous this guy is, and it's intense as well because um, it takes place he's within scary. a scary. Yeah, uh, it doesn't. Ah. <laughs> No, I, I don't, have you seen the movie? Um, 
I've been foiled. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know where I've written this, um, if I've written it later, so I, I might just check. And if I haven't, I'm going to say it now. Uh, yes, I'm going to say it now because I don't know where I've written it. So this thing about the, that he has this technique that can make someone's heart explode. <laughs> Someone in our class, Jack, told me I can poke you at five points on your body and you'll die. And I genuinely got a bit nervous because I was a bit gullible. I can't remember I know, who it was, but I remember that. Being I know said. it was. I can. Say, I don't know what docks them, but I know exactly who it was. I'll tell you after. Um, and I was like, "Yeah, well, <laughs> thanks for that. Thanks for that, Jack. I remember someone telling you they could kill you." Um, and um, I guess it. Was yeah, from, but everyone at school thought they could this. do a Vulcan death grip as well. Didn't mean that anyone ever did it successfully. <laughs> I know. No, actually, he did kill me. I died. Um, <laughs> but like Pimey, you just sort of came back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was exactly. relevant. I'm very much the Pai May of this podcast. Um, yeah, so she goes to get a sword to like to start training straight off the bat. And the unconvincing old man basically says, you yeah, try and hit me once. If you can, I'll bow down and call you master. And then you have this amazing fight scene where the ancient 25-year-old uh, backflips over her and so on. It's, it's really cool. It's and also, fight. apparently, he's like Legolas and doesn't weigh anything. Because she like, she she thrusts yes. a sword at him and he yes. just jumps up and stands on the stands tip of the blade the and her wrist apparently you know a single handed sword grip has yes. no concerns whatsoever with, with taking his entire but that's, weight. That's that's the the genre of movie it's spoofing. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you why he doesn't weigh anything. I'll tell you why it doesn't weigh anything because all of his weight went into his enormous brass balls that <laughs> then got cut off because he's a eunuch. Okay, You're a eunuch. No, she kicks him not. in the balls and there's nothing. Oh there. yeah, that's true. Oh, Pime, Pime's oh. a eunuch. Oh, I just assumed that was how tough he was. Oh, no, I think he's... he literally... Right, okay. he's, There's nothing there. Right, okay. You know this, do you, Jack? Just, you don't, the, just, the bit where he, you like, grabs fact. her leg and then just... I think it gets mentioned at some point. And I right, okay. That's, I just thought you were making it up. <laughs> okay. Um, he stands on the sword and he says, from there you can get a good view of my foot and then he kicks her in the face. And then it's not a fetish thing, he just kicks her. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. It is amazing, though. Um... And then he throws the sword. This is what probably one of my favorite bits in the movie. He chucks her sword. He gets it. He chucks it, and it lands vertically back in the scabbard. It's like the, the basketball thing where people they throw the ball over their shoulder and they go through <laughs> yeah. the hoop. Except he does it. With this the is sword. more impressive. There's there's one. Um, I'm fairly sure there's like a clip of Obama. The, there's a basketball court in the White House, and Obama um, just walking out the room. And he just chucks a basketball over his shoulder and it goes in as he walks. Doesn't even turn All around. How much of his eight years in office was spent doing that? <laughs> Less than Trump spent on golf, uh, which I approximately was something like a third of his time while he was president. awake. While he was awake um, and asleep, um, he, he definitely fell asleep on his golf carts while like, playing golf. Carried Come him on. and just <laughs> he's rolling along the fucking Mar-a-Lago <laughs> asleep on the golf cart. That's what he's doing now. Um, <laughs> Anyway, it's so cheesy, this bit. It's so great. And then you have another unarmed fight with amazing music. And like, as Jack said, yeah, I've got win. Does she kick him in the dick and he catches it and spins her around? But I guess it's, he doesn't <laughs> have balls, so he's not hurt. Wraps around her leg. Well, that's kind of... I don't know what it was, but I guess that makes more sense that Jack, what Jack's saying, yeah. Yeah, I guess he's grabbing her with his, with his, yeah, his tall his legs. size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He then grabs her from behind and twists her arm back, and it, the music stops, and it just becomes incredibly harrowing, and she screams in pain. And you know, I don't know what she says, like I'm not a good fighter, or I don't know what she says to get him to let her go. I can't remember. He he's, he just asks, "Does it hurt?" She just keeps screaming yes until he stops. Oh, well, he right, says, okay. "I own your arm now." 
Oh yeah, yeah. he says that it's my arm you, and you'll yeah, do. Yeah, like I could break your arm off. Yeah. It's my arm now. And then later on, he also says like it's my arm and I want it strong, or my hand and I want it strong. You've got yeah, exactly. Um, he keeps stroking his beard as well throughout the entire thing. I do. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. Nice. he always like <laughs> I love like, that. Moves it to the side, like yeah, yeah, like a Pantene adverts fringe. <laughs> He should flick it over his shoulder. The guy, the, the guy with the longest beard in history, died because what well, usually he used to tuck it into his pocket when he had to do anything. But there was a fire in his house, and he forgot to tuck it into his pocket, and he tripped over it um, and fell down the stairs oh and God. died. That's, so <laughs> That's how he died. This is a few hundred years ago. Yeah. Anyway, her next challenge is to punch these circular holes in her wo- in wood, and she's like cracking her knuckles. And what's quite nice is this whole thing, this sequence, is like a training montage, but it's really dark and bleak and it's very different to these kind of like Rocky-style training montages of upbeat music and stuff. And it feels visceral, it feels difficult, not just sweaty, it feels harrowing. And they have these really awesome brief coordinated fights that are like black silhouettes against a red background, which is really cool. Yeah, it's mostly them like training. I mean, it feels it feels bleak because... She's basically sleeping on a, a stone platform without uh, any proper warmth, eating nothing but plain boiled rice and spending all day doing menial labour and, and punching a piece of wood until her hand turns to putty. But when you put it like Jack, that, Jack, it does sound depressing, yes. <laughs> Not my idea. That's like what it was like at Butlins when I went. Uh, okay, so I like the bit where she, she struggles with the chopsticks, which is like how I was in Japan. And she kind of... Except her hand's broken, so it's kind oh, yeah. of a little bit more... She's not got an issue using chopsticks. She has an issue holding anything in her hand at this point. Yeah, because she's wrecked her hand punching the wooden slab, so... <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Uh, that does make... Okay, again, things are making sense to me. Look, I didn't notice. Um, it's all so coming together. <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's a genius from having a cause and an effect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> She she tries to pick the rice up with her hand, doesn't he? He like picks up just the bits of rice she tries to get and like chucks them He's, on the floor. If you want it's to like, eat like a dog, you like can that. outside yeah. like a dog. Yeah, yeah. And it's Harry, so she makes her start with the chopsticks again. But again, she doesn't really talk in this scene at all. Um, but again, Uma Thurman's performance is such uh, of such quality that silence. Has, she's able to convey enough with just silence, which is like just astonishingly good. And this is the bit where it cuts back to her in the grave. And we now know, I love this. I love that that entire setup really was to say that she can punch holes in things that are three inches in front of her. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Which I love because now she, it's like giving her a special one special power. Uh, Yeah. But it cuts back to the grave and she can punch through the wood. So she starts and this is how she escapes. She kind of, as as Finn said before, she, she kind of, she gets off a boot. She gets untied from the belt that's trapped around her. She brings up like a straight razor and like manages to to cut the rope. Apparently, I think the straight razor was the same prop used in Reservoir Dogs by Michael was it Michael Madsen to cut off the cops. That'd be a cool reference. She has it in her boot, doesn't she? That's the case. I mean, apparently, the fucking gas canister he used to pour gas on the cop is also in in the background of of Bud's caravan. But also, it could have been any gas canister. <laughs> so I don't really. It's it's more that. Quentin wants to cut corners and save money here and there. <laughs> Use reused props. That tobacco spit has been there for ages. Leftover. <laughs> Steve Buscemi left that after. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Steve Buscemi just makes that. No, it was when Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani visited the set, uh, and the, all the black goop came off. He melted. No, she, 
um, she so she punches up and out of the coffin to amazing music, and this is definitely a reference to Return of the Living Dead, or this also possibly Carrie, but Return of the Living Dead, where you have the hand coming out of the grave. Great, great, great bit, and less feet than I expected in this film and in that sequence. Honestly, I would quite it'd be quite cool in Tarantino to instead of it being a hand, a foot comes out, a bare foot out of the grave, <laughs> out the feet first. And this is then a really fun sequence where a dirt-covered woman, which is the bride, emerges from a graveyard at probably, like, midnight and just, like, scuttles across the road, exuding a cloud of dust in her wake into the into this cafe where this guy behind the counter just stands there like, what the fuck is happening? And she goes, can I have a glass of water? Um, and legit, I was legit laughing. It's so deadpan. I love it. Uh, have you guys ever shown up in a to a cafe Absolutely. Have you ever guys ever shown up anywhere in a condition where you shouldn't be served? Um, yeah, like once. Like was, when I went to Edinburgh, one night, me and some of my friends were out, and because we were performing, we were like, okay, we're not going to get to go up the seat because all of our all the people we're performing with don't want to go, and they or they keep saying, oh, we'll do it tomorrow, do it tomorrow, and they just couldn't be asked basically, and we were like, okay, well. It's night time now, but it's also quite late and it's too late to sleep. So why don't we get food at this restaurant that's open all night and then go up Arthur's seat right. and watch the sunrise? Oh, and so we, we ate at this Italian Similar place that was just open to me all climbing night. Mount Fuji. And there was nowhere, we nowhere had, open. We, like, we also bumped into some people we'd met another day and then we ate food mm. and then we walked up Arthur's seat. It was really foggy, but we didn't bring any water with us. So, well, Jack I, I the mean, fog. So this is also a separate died. story of the naked man on top of Arthur's seat. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, I do remember but the story. That, that's a separate story. Save <laughs> yeah, that for we'll another story. Yeah, another podcast. Um, but then when we came back down, we were like waiting outside the Starbucks to open so we could get free water. And we were like, like I hadn't fallen over, but my two friends had fallen over. And so they oh. were muddy and they were like muddy, but in like going out clothes. And like, <laughs> and we were just there kind of like freezing. Right. And like really sweaty with like, like our hair was all humid from the fog. And right. so it looked like we'd just been out all night and we were just desperate for water in the morning. And we had been, but we, we'd sobered up by then. We were just very thirsty. <laughs> I'm sure I've absolutely walked in from like times I've been out on like nature-y, nature-y mm. trip and just come in, just head to toe in mud and be like, I'm just going to yeah. go into this establishment. Yeah, I remember when you got your foot stuck in the bog in one park. Oh yeah, but they, they, got, they drove me <laughs> back. Because I lost my shoe in in like Hyde Park or whatever because I don't remember where it was on like Park. Lime Park uh, uh, that our school used to do and and they were like I sort of hopped back to where we were no, going. No, no, you got stuck in the wilderness of Hyde Park. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've I've lost a lot of shoes in bogs. I'm quite lucky with that. And um, yeah, and they drove me. They drove me back um, in a car and I was there for like two or three hours just waiting. That's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, but Face and Jack, you guys have, have you guys never come back caked in mud from Arthur's seat? No, no, you haven't lived. I, but I do remember Finn coming back caked in mud from Arthur's seat because I was there. I just yes. didn't happen to be with him on the particular on night the particular they went wandering night, yeah. up onto a mountain. <laughs> I regret that eternally, <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's move on to Chapter Nine, Ellie and I, which I now get is a pun. Um, at the eye bit, the Ellie bit. Uh, Ellie, <laughs> I, didn't Ellie is dri- I didn't realize that. Yeah, I just realized it just now. Uh, Ellie is driving with an eye patch, um, obviously. Um, loads of great music as she heads towards Bud's shitty little caravan. 
Uh, and she's so, it's great, she's so fucking stylish compared to him. <laughs> so the bride then walks kind of out of the desert in this sort of mirage style montage, which is great. She looks over the top of a peak at the caravan. And of course, the siren plays. Yes. I like this. Bud throws ice cubes into the blender. He's making some like drinks, some cocktails. And what I love is he's like chucking them in. I think it'd be really funny if he like chucked one. It just missed. He just <laughs> like chucking them from like a He distance. basically does that with the drink. He's just there like sort of missing the cups. It's, yeah, exactly. He just spills the fucking drink everywhere. He spills it on the wall. <laughs> yeah, it's so gross, man. Not that he's not gross. Bud and Ellie then kind of talk about retirement and, you know, what sort of emotions you feel, regret, guilt. Ellie says she's got some regret. Bud has bare feet. I've written here in capital letters, feet! He opens the case that Ellie's brought and he's laughing. He's like pulling out all the money. And a fucking snake comes out, <laughs> pops out, and in a series of really obvious stock footage shots, bites him all over his face, and he then stumbles around and dies. Uh, well, he falls over first, and it is really—it's quite. I think it's—it's it's pretty funny because it's just so ridiculous. Yeah, he doesn't it's, die; he just gets paralysed. Well, he doesn't immediately die. Yeah, he dies in twenty minutes though, because they bit him on the face. Uh, it's a black mamba, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which are black on the inside of their mouth, I believe we said mm. last time. Which is true. yeah. Uh, rather than on, on their skin, they're kind of greyish. But yeah, um, ironically, Black Mamba being uh, the, bri- the bride's code name, right? Um, well, that's why is, it's yes. Black Mamba. Which is, is bright, yeah. Is because she... she wants it to look like Black Mamba. Didn't. I mean, yeah. also, Loki's in Texas, so if she killed him with a rattle, <laughs> if you tried to kill him with a rattlesnake, there's someone nearby would have antivenom. Nobody's going to have antivenom for an African snake in Texas. I don't think anyone's going to save him. Who's going to save this guy? To be fair, he probably would know what to do with a rattlesnake. More Possibly. Than. That is more, yeah. Pretty sure it doesn't paralyse you either, rattlesnake. Venom. It's a yeah. bit poetic because um, she says that the thing she's got regret over is that the greatest warrior she's ever known was killed by like a sack of shit like you. And so she's, yeah. in my opinion, it's kind of almost like saying, here you go, um, Beatrix, you know, you're killing him, you're yeah. Black Mamba, which I like, um, but it is funny. Um, now, I am. Um, she basically then reads loads of facts about the Black Mamba, which almost feels like she's written out Wikipedia. It's, and like, she's this, kind of... it's like this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so much so. Um, I would. If you want some snake facts, I've got snake facts <laughs> at the end actually. But um, John, fuck it. Snake facts now. Right. This is snake the facts time. Now. Here's the fact. The snake fact. So lots of the snakes that these people are are vipers, right? So. Black Mamba is an, is not a viper, it's an elipid. Bill is snake charmer, not a snake. Uh, and then Ellie Driver, her codename is California Mountain Snake, which is a real type of snake, uh, and that's a constrictor, so it's like venomous. So, just saying, Deadly Viper 6 Gang, or whatever they're called, not accurate. <laughs> not actually poisonous. Not zoologically accurate. Fuck you. I mean, thank you. Uh, but she kind of just lets the snake go into his caravan, uh, which is quite funny. I like how she's damaging the local ecosystem. <laughs> she actually had two in the suitcase, and it just destroys Texas. <laughs> <laughs> They're unprepared for an invasion of any other country's venomous snakes. <laughs> Some snakes can reproduce uh, viviparously, um, so you know, or some reptiles certainly can. They can reproduce without mating. So female ones. So. Who knows? I think there's some. Is either sharks or no? Yeah, it's, it's, there's a viper. In a, in a, it's either oh, sharks or snakes. Sharks can. I think there's a boa constrictor that's like eighty. That's 
recently been laying eggs that have been hatching in a zoo, despite the fact that she's not mated with anything in like 40 years or something. It's something like that. So yeah. they can reproduce asexually, uh, some reptiles. Cool. So maybe, yeah, maybe it's just they're just going to reproduce by budding, like SpongeBob. That's and the, just, that's the um, final Tarantino film. State <laughs> of the snakes. Those damn snakes. It's about Texas being overrun State, with snakes. State of snakes. <laughs> Do you think that he also made snakes on a plane? Equally, that's got Samuel L. Jackson in it, doesn't it? I think he must have been a producer. Yes. He must have just, you know, behind the scenes gone. Yeah, this, <laughs> he was a snake wrangler. I like how you asked. That's got Samuel L. Jackson in it, right? He, that's the only good thing it's got in it. Oh no, it has. It has also. It's got one good bit, which is where the the, the woman with the annoying chihuahua throughout the entire film at one point, someone just snatches the chihuahua off her and throws it into a ma- the mouth of an anaconda as a distraction. <laughs> that's oh my amazing. god! Uh. She then calls Bill to tell him, you know, that his brother Bud is dead, and you know the the bride's kind of been killed, and you know where her, where the grave is that she's or where the grave that she's been buried in is. Yes, this is where sorry, so this is where she does say Beatrix Kiddo, and it's not bleeped for me. This wasn't bleeped. Okay, hmm. this yeah. is where I first heard the full name. So I don't know. It might maybe the Blu-ray first. They're like, let's remove the bleep. That's the change. Add Mc, add a McClunky and remove the bleep. <laughs> um... Please no, <laughs> McClunky. There's a, there's, I, I saw a bloody scene of George Lucas in an interview with I can't remember who he was with. with. Oh no, it was it was Filoni. It was Filoni and, and Lucas watching uh, Star Wars scenes from the extended edition together. And George keeps going on about the McClunky thing, and Filoni's just looking at him like, "What? Uh, I I thought that we should make him say McClunky because in Greedo's language, McClunky is actually Greedo's entire backstory. Why is Why Kermit the Frog not George Lucas? I think George Lucas sounds a bit like Kermit the Frog. My George Lucas. So uh, if we take uh, CGI and we add a few rocks in this scene. Uh... Yay! I like rocks! Yay! <laughs> uh... I'm glad everyone else here other than me can do voices. <laughs> Wouldn't be half the podcast if, I, if it was uh, just my talent. Homer, I've come into the podcast as well. That's, oh, it's Marge Simpson, that everyone. Marge is really good, like, creepily good. <laughs> we're, we're both assets for the Disney Corporation now. Uh, <laughs> high oh, five! Me. Let's do a Muppets crossover episode. Yay! <laughs> it's very hard to do Foley for having your arms in the air, shaking side to side. <laughs> yeah. Especially when your arms are made of felt and don't make <laughs> <Yeah>. noise. <laughs> Kermit's wearing a fucking knight, knight costume. Like, he's wearing like suits of armor. So the foley. That's my. That's me bashing a glass against the desk. Lovely. That I. I mean, that's fucked up my audio levels. Brilliant. Um, I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. I um. It then cuts. I find this really weird. So it's yeah. This is deliberate. Actually, when she says Beatrix Kiddo, it cuts to a classroom uh, where they're taking the register. And it's just like this must be a thing in the other in the other your versions, right, guys? Yeah. And yeah. Kiddo is adult Uma Thurman. And the teacher goes, Beatrix Kiddo, and she goes, here. So that's like a deliberate reveal. That is, what is that? Why is that? It's so weird. <laughs> Incredibly weird. It's the weirdest thing I've seen of any of these. The way, it felt kind of out of the place. The way Uma yeah, it's so smiles out of place. for it, though, I feel like Uma was definitely in on whatever joke that was. Like I feel like when they were writing it, they were like, yes, this has to stay. <laughs> this, this has this, to be in this. This, this is it. This insane idea. Yeah, I'd love to know more about that scene. Um, anyway, Ellie picks up the money. She like slowly gets it out and she opens the door and you get a shot of the bride's muddy bare feet 
sailing through the door and they kick her down. Yeah, and that's they... the shot that I cracked up yeah. at when I saw it. Feet. And now we get... <laughs> it's like, well, that's Tarantino's movies, aren't they? Feet hitting you. But yeah, it's a really great fight in the caravan. Um, yeah, Uma pulls like a TV aerial and uses it against the sword. Ellie's got... If possibly I was wondering if there's just not enough room during a fight for Ellie Driver to easily like, unsheath the sword. Yeah, that is implied. Yeah, which is cool. This sword, this fight actually did win a... It won a prize. It won an award. And, it's brilliant. Uh, only... D- only Daryl Hannah came to, I think that's her name, only came to collect the award because her and uh, her and Uma Thurman got on so badly that, that they didn't both want to go. What? Um, basically. I didn't know that. Um, that was what it said on IMDb, so it could be wrong. Wow. But that's that's what I read. And that is definitely conspicuous because the, the one with um, Vivisha Fox, is that her name? Um, played Vivita Green. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that fight also won an award and they both went to get that. So, yeah. But anyway, lots of stuff getting smashed up. We're talking about Foley, amazing Foley um, in this scene. Again, it's just, it's like, again, it's like a more confined version of the fight at the start of Kill Bill Volume 1. I think I prefer the one at the start of Kill Bill Volume 1, personally, but this fight is great. I like this one. It's so, I don't know, I like how most of the film takes place in this really shitty caravan. That is true. And it's all the important events kind of happen for the first, like, (laughs) two-thirds of the film, and it's just really, I don't know, it's really cool. I like it. The com- the confinement is nice. There's a bit where they kick each other down at the same time and they mm. both fall on their backs in split screen. Oh, that's brilliant. great. Someone takes a lamp to the face. Yeah, that's Ellie Driver. Uh, I, I doubt Hannah, Ellie Driver gets yeah, kicked in the face with a lamp. Uh, then, she, uh, then the bride throws the pot of... Is it the bride who throws the pot of... Yeah, the I spittoon. thought it was blood. It's the but the spittoon right in her face. And she's um, like, fucking gross or whatever. That's going that's, to that's get infected because she's got cuts on her face and being whipped with a TV. Oh, don't worry, one. Jack. Worse things happen to her momentarily. She I think doesn't that's need to worry, worry about that. Um, she backflips over Bud's body. <laughs> that's quite yeah. fun. Um, Ellie gets pushed through the bathroom. Is he wall. dead at this point, or is he just paralysed and watching the whole thing? Like his eyes are moving, nothing else. It's think... not been twenty minutes yet. Oh, no, it might have been because she's having to get all that money into the case, so he might be dead by now. Maybe Ellie gets pushed through. Ellie gets knocked through like a bathroom wall, and then held under a toilet. And yeah, this is really really cool. She's drowning, and she like flushes it. Yeah, to, to get, give her to some get air, air like... which is awesome. That's so so good. That only, yeah, so it works. It's that kind of toilet. Otherwise, she just puts more water in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a single turd floats up into her mouth. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm, I'm impressed that that, that he uh, keeps such a clean toilet. To be honest, it's uncharacteristic. <laughs> Why is it just covered? That's in his passion. Diarrhea? Is bathroom cleanliness. <laughs> <laughs> that's my passion that's my art um, when I look at that man I think clean shitter that's what some I think some people about love Madsen. to paint some people love to listen to music I love to clean the bathroom uh, yeah then, then the bride finds the Hanzo sword which is engraved so for some reason like an umbrella he lied stand, about pawning it? it yeah so for some reason he lied about pawning it and now they both have Hanzo swords and you kind I, of expect I, I think he just likes to mislead people he he played his brother oh, okay. with the sword, and he played uh, Beatrix with the uh, the shotgun. Hmm. Yeah, actually, that's fair. He give like he his his survival mechanism is to make out that it's he's a harmless idiot. Yeah, I, yeah, actually, Although I'm surprised he didn't then murder Larry for disrespecting him. But... Well, I guess he needs the job. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> uh, you can take over the strip club. That's how strip clubs work. Is that um, if you yeah, kill the biggest kill guy the there, boss, then you become the biggest you become guy. Become the biggest guy there. So this is when we find out Pi may ripped out a driver's eye for insubordination in revenge. 
I like this. She poisoned his fish heads and that Yeah, why the hell him. is he eating fish heads? I don't it's know. It's like fun meal of the day. <laughs> his fun meal? Yeah, mm-hmm. like he has rice the rest of the time and then he's like, ooh. Yes, his McDonald's fish heads. <laughs> um, yeah, and now they have a sword fight and then you expect it to be like a big old, well, a big old long-term sword fight. They lock swords, it's pretty intense and then the bride just plucks out Ellie Driver's other eye. And it is horrific, the screen. It's really bad. Um, (laughs) They need two eye patches, I wrote. But she's rolling around on the floor, isn't she, Ellie Driver? Screaming. It's horrific. Smashing everything up. It's horrific. It's amazing. She went over the top on this deliberately because she thought it would make Tarantino laugh. And she actually cut herself up on all the broken shit. Uh, it's, the thing is, it's kind of realistic because you'd also be terrified that you're going to be slashed in half at any moment. Because I mean, I'm a, I'm gonna be real. How do you guys react when you get like something that seriously hurts your eye? Pretty like, fucked yeah, up. When's the last time you got like badly poked in the eye? Yeah, it, uh, that's not really happened. But I'll it, fuck you. You are literally just like driving around, going like ah for like. Several minutes straight, and then it won't stop hurting for yeah. like several I'm not saying hours. It's unrealistic for a now blind woman with her what with her eye having just been removed to be rolling around on the floor. But I am saying it's funny. It is funny. Um, <laughs> it's funny because she's. Uh, Uma squashes the eye. Yeah, Uma Thurman squashes the eye, which she wouldn't be able Bits to do. Bits of eye comes through between her toes. Um, so a really fake black mamba. She passes as the bride leaves. She passes the black mamba. It's clearly fake, and it hisses. It's quite funny. But then as she leaves, Ellie blind. Ellie driver. Ellie blinder now um, <laughs> is wildly flailing on the floor, still smashing up the caravan and like screaming, "Where the fuck are you? I'm gonna fucking!" But she's still on the floor, as if, yeah. as if the bride's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, I'll just respectfully stand there." And she leaves us. She doesn't actually kill her, although obviously she's not going to go very far. It's really funny. It's pretty harrowing. It's it's yeah, what she deserves. It's great. Yeah. Cause... And like I said, she's going to die from that infection. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Final chapter. Face to face. It's at this point I paused the movie for six hours to play board games and watch Doctor Who. Tarantino recommends this for best viewing experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We then have like a choir singing over some mountains, and then it kind of turns to what I saw for the first time. I was like, is that weed? And then, no, it's trees. Um, it's palm trees. And then it's a road. Why don't you just choose one, Quinton? Anyway, it's her driving along, and she stops at basically an old pimp who appears to run a child army and was like a father figure to Bill. This guy, what's his name? Ernest? No, Ernesto? What's he called? Uh, I think it was Ernesto or something. Esteban, yeah, that's what it is, yeah. Um, this guy, though, is actually quite funny. Kiddo is like, you know, where is Bill? If I want to know, I'll ask. Oh, you know, I need to ask this guy. And before he kind of says it, he's talking about, oh, you know, I could tell you know, why Bill fell in love with you. And he said, he said, yeah, I went to see him. I took Bill to the movies and he started sucking his thumb really hard when someone came on screen, some blondes. And that's why I knew this five year old boy had a kink for blondes. I'm like, that is weird. That's the kind but of thing a pimp would say. On a real story that happened to Kurt Russell. When he watched a film with Marilyn Monroe, uh, and t- he told Quentin Tarantino that. Oh my god! So it's actually a thing that happened. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's—I don't know if that makes it more or less disturbing, but either way, five-year-old boy, it's pretty weird. Anyway, apparently the pussy wagon is gone. The pussy wagon died off-screen. That's not okay. You mean Tarantino just started using it personally? Well, he does. Apparently in the original version, uh, Gogo Yabari's sister would have had a hand in destroying it, but she never gets introduced. Um, 
I think, does he not say when, like, she's like, oh, he's like, Esteban's like, I would not have killed you. I would have just cut your face. It's like, okay. <laughs> In revenge. That's nice. Th- thank you. The man knows how to forgive. <laughs> this man, this man is the pinnacle of forgiveness. Esteban basically says he'll help the bride because he basically thinks Bill would want to see her again. So that's why he's doing it. He's not doing it because he wants revenge on Bill. He's doing it because he actually thinks it's what's best for Bill. So she drives. She knows where he is. She drives and she finds Bill. And the movie is now called Found Bill. And this is where the movie takes an incredibly cute turn. She sneaks around the house with a gun. And she jumps outside to find Bill and her daughter. A child. Her child. Bill's child. Which she doesn't expect. And God, the acting in this scene. I mean, the child is a good actress. But also, fucking Uma Thurman, man. Absolutely killing it. It's this weird like story where uh, that he kind of aged. It's like, bam, bam, we've been shot. But she, BB was only playing possum. Um, and it's lovely because it's kind of, it's obviously meant to be a very tense scene. You know, Uma's armed. Um, Bill is very dangerous. But it's the, a mother playing with her daughter for the first time. And in, in a way, it's very tender. It's, yeah. It is pretty, it's, it's a very, very, it's very tenderly done scene. Yeah, it's amazing. Even if the context the, the behind the behind what's going on is like <laughs> no, it's rather tense, shit. Um, and the daughter knows it's her mum because Bill's like shown her photos and told her that her mum was asleep, but one day she'd come back and she would know it's her because her mum had been dreaming of her, which is just very sweet for a murderous assassin. And this is the fact in she's don't they grow up so fast? In once upon a time in Hollywood, she plays hippie drug dealer. Does she? How times change. What? Whoa! Wait, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's so cool. She, is this a character you know about? Is this like a character you know? It, it, there are lots of hippie. <laughs> lots of, I imagine there are lots of hippie drug dealers. There, there's, there's a whole family of them. But um, she plays one of them. Oh, whoa! That's so weird. That's so. That's cool. A bit though. of a change. Yeah. yeah. Um, she grows up and also moves back in time as she grows up. Like Benjamin Button. <laughs> yeah, I was say very much the Benjamin Button of the Quentin Tarantino verse. That's how Benjamin Button works, right? <laughs> Travels back in time. Oh, I guess we're suggesting this is after in her chronology. Yes. Uh, right. <laughs> That's what the suggestion was. Great. The daughter says to her that you're the prettiest woman I've ever seen, which is so cute. And Bill then talks to the daughter, you know, about how he was like a bad dad, you know. As he's like cutting food, he's making a perfect square sandwich, uh, which is quite serious because obviously Bill's holding a knife. But also, kind of weird that the daughter's like, "Oh, he was a bad dad. That's fine. I guess she's only four, so she's, you know she won't understand yeah. the implications." And he's kind of explaining it, and she's a little bit confused. You guys concerned about an Emilio? I'm concerned about Emilio. 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 Fraser, do you not also? Do you also not know who Emilio is? Um, blanking. Sorry. Emilio is the goldfish that the daughter oh, yeah. takes oh, yeah, yeah, out the of the bowl fish, and the steps scene. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steps on, and he stops. He's like, "Oh, what was he doing before you stepped on him? He was flapping. And what happened after you stepped on him? He, he wasn't, wasn't flapping anymore. <laughs> and it's just out of nowhere. I'm like, she's gonna be a serial killer. Yeah, it's what serial killers do when they they're kids. They mutilate animals. I mean, I was I can't really talk. My track record with goldfish was atrocious. I mean, I had one for three days. Was one of my was my shortest lived one. Lucky, 
Okay, clearly wasn't. sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know I'm a no, sociopath. No, 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 he was lucky to get out so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. She's very unfazed by her dead fish. Well, it's um, it's you know, let's be honest. She's been raised by Bill for four years. Possibly so. so. I kind of always assumed he'd been like I. I think he was probably a good father. That's the thing. Like I think he's I a good father, of... but I also think he's a good father within the limits of him being an absolute sociopath. Okay. Like I that. think he's still he's still you know he's still got guns everywhere. He's still kind yeah, of yeah, true. Swords like. He still invents truth serums and does <laughs> yeah, all kind true. of like Charlie's Angels Charlie shit. Um, this is really nice. So it's there's kind of an understanding in these scenes that while BB's it's not sort of the reverse of the first scenes where she's like I'm not going to kill you when your child's around, and she absolutely does in the first uh, scenes with um, Copperhead. But in this bit, there is like an understanding that BB's going to be left alone, and once BB's out of the picture, then there might be a fight. But so and the scenes technically between... she doesn't kill her with a child there. Child walks in after she's dead. Yeah, but she's in the house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they're in the garden. And... Also, the also the kill the kill was self defense at that point. Oh I mean, yeah. They they, they made true. the arrangement to take it elsewhere, and then she broke the arrangement. So Bill leaves. This is. I mean, this scene. Oh my god, this scene. Bill leaves BB and the bride to watch Shogun Assassin together, and it's again incredibly tender, mother. And her daughter, who she's just met, is really Watching powerful. a very violent film. And yeah, well, it was actually initially going to be uh, Fantasia, and Disney said no. Um, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, just, uh, Disney was like, no. <laughs> no. I mean, to be fair, if Disney had watched Kill Bill Volume 1, I can understand why they might be I like, don't know about that. Maybe don't put the children's one until this children's it's movie. A chill- it's, yeah, but it's not, it's not like Fantasia's playing in the background while she so. murders like 50 people. It's like... It's it's a scene where it's a tender moment. I'd like to implement a new podcast rule that along with the uh, everyone wishing uh, Harvey Weinstein a happy death in prison, uh, where none of us are allowed to uh, compliment or defend Disney on anything, even if it's completely justified. <laughs> <laughs> I I refuse because I like Frozen. So there, there I said it. Fuck all okay. of you. I mean, so that means that Disney are okay, right? That means all this they is did a, this was is okay, a democracy. Right? This is a democracy here, right? <laughs> I'm going to edit it so that uh, Jack is saying like, I love, I love <laughs> Disney. Disney Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> Disney is my friends. Buy Disney product and stock. Lots Buy of stock. Disney Plus Premium to access <laughs> Raya and the Last Dragon now. <laughs> Why not buy your children stock for Christmas? <laughs> right. Futures in Disney are looking better than ever. <laughs> I'm very happy to limit discussion of the Dis- the the Disney Corporation to not ever mentioning Disney and just talking about their franchises as bad impressions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the point. We need to we need to show that we love Disney because otherwise these impressions. They're going to get us sued. Copyright. <laughs> this podcast is owned by Disney. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. We've just been bought out. Okay. <laughs> the sequence of vibrations that forms the sound of Kermit's voice is now trademarked and owned by the Disney Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> Any recording of Jim Henson is now theirs. Jim Henson's image is owned by Disney. Any, like, literally, his corpse was dug up. They just like this. Ah, it's we own him now. <laughs> Uh, they do. Um, they've cryogenically frozen him next to uh, Walt. That Nazi <laughs> piece of shit. Um, 
But let's be honest, if Disney made an offer, I'm fucking selling. It's going to go on Star on Disney+. Plus. Fuck it, I've not made any money. I'm, pe- I'm losing money on this podcast. Fine. <laughs> I'll sell out. Fuck all of you. Um, <laughs> Come on, Disney. Why can't you lose money on this podcast instead? Hi, welcome to Quentin Quarantino with me, David, and my co-hosts, Goofy, Mickey, and Daffy. <laughs> oh, yep. Oh, yep. <laughs> Can I be Pluto? Yeah, yeah. Pluto talks, doesn't he? A lot. No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Famous for talking, isn't he? <laughs> uh, Pluto the dog. Right, Famous, so famously fucking... works well on an entirely auditory <laughs> Famously works form. well on audio. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on to the Disney talk. Um, the daughter, by the way, absolutely, totally chill with her mum just appearing out of nowhere. Uh, what's lovely yeah, is deals now, with it very well. Yeah, very, very... Just seems like a normal day. Maybe she'll be here tomorrow. Maybe she won't. But she then gets to kind of her daughter falls asleep watching Shogun Assassin, and she gets to like tuck her daughter in, which is yeah, almost made me cry. It's so tender. She gives her daughter, her sleeping daughter, her necklace, which is presumably you know in case I don't come back. And you get she goes out and Billy's sitting like examining the Hanzo sword, and I kind of thought it was quite honourable at this point. You know, it's clear they're gonna fight at some point, um, but it's not gonna happen yet. And Bill kind of goes, yeah, we can fight at the beach. Uh, that felt a bit like setting up a date. <laughs> yeah, lovely day under the moonlight. <laughs> There's a full moon. It'll be beautiful He's very thoughtful as we cut like each other that. to bits. He's a very thoughtful assassin. And then she immediately dives for the sword and Bill shoots a warning shot, which destroys his TV. And then she shoots, he shoots another one, which blows up some fruit. He's a very good shot. And then says, unquote, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he wants to ask her some questions uh, before, quote, unquote, the end. But he can't. they can't, like, believe each other either. You know, assassins that betray each other before. So he shoots it with truth serum, which, like, I guess is like very comic booky, very James Bondy. I, I do have some thoughts about something he says. No, so uh, the superhero, I'm already looking at false space. He gives a Superman speech. I have speech. some thoughts about they'd have to say about yeah, that. Okay, so the Superman speech that Bill gives is basically saying that in comic books, he's talking about how Superman, he's talking about, like, you know, Bruce Wayne, Peter Parker have to wear costumes to be Batman Spider. And I'm like, fuck, I, I hadn't gotten to the bit where I found out who Spider Man was. Spoil it! Uh, but, you know, Superman wears a costume to be a normal guy versus other superheroes. And, and Superman as Clark Kent is sort of weak. He's unsure. He's a coward. And that's like, is that what Superman thinks we are? Um, and so he thinks Beatrix Kiddo is like Superman. She's always been a natural born killer. And the, ma- her married life to this guy at the record store, that was like Clark Kent. And that's why he found it so disparaging. Now, First, I wonder if one of the issues Fraser has is that he says there's no other superhero like that, except, of course, there's four who became Donald Blake. So there is a, there is one. Every, everything he said about Superman was true, bar one particular that thing. That he thinks human beings are like shit. Yeah, which, which if, 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 if anybody has read Superman, they'll understand that that is not no, the, the case at all. The point is that all. he thinks that... <laughs> It's the humanity of them. So it's not him looking down on people because he loves humanity. Yeah. He loves humans. To be fair, though, Fraser, I don't think you're wrong, but I think Bill is. I think Bill isn't necessarily right. That's not the point. Bill is viewing this through the lens of a man who's a killer. Yeah, he loves yeah. power. Is strength is the the only thing that Bill values. So if whereas... he had the power of Superman, he would be Superman. He can't understand why Superman would ever be Clark. <laughs> He'd be injustice, Superman. <laughs> oh yeah, actually, yeah. I would have predicted that you would have had thoughts on that face. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, he says he says to her, you are a renegade killer bee. You know, you are the renegade, you're the outsider, you're not the Clark Kent. Now I must point out, the thing about renegade killer bees is that the other bees kill them uh, in this eusocial insect colony when workers, unless they're all going for the queen to kill her and replace her, 
So now, he, this is a question Bill asks. He says, did you think your life in El Paso would work? And you know, Beatrix very painfully, very reluctantly says no, but I would have had BB, which he kind of screams, which is, again, Uma Thurman being Uma Thurman. And amazing. Did it feel good to to kill, to get to me? To which Killer replied, yes. All of them, yes. Even though she actually didn't kill Ellie Driver and didn't kill Bud. And it, I like this, why did you run away with my baby? And she and you get this really nice flashback that I didn't expect at all, which is that she was ill on, on the plane, she was thrown up, and she thought, maybe I'm pregnant. So she takes a pregnancy test. But while she's in like the hotel on the way to this target... Surprise! She's assassin. Spotted. She's spotted and she gets taken up by an assassin. Karen. Really... Karen. Oh my god, she is... Is this where the term Karen comes from? No, the assassin was an Asian lady, not a blonde white lady complaining at Starbucks. I think Karen tran- transcends... Cultural boundaries. Fair enough. Well, anyone could be a Karen. That's the American American promise. <laughs> the American dream. <laughs> you too can become a middle class Karen. Drive an SUV with eight seats to pick up your single spoiled <laughs> child from the baseball game. Complain at Starbucks when there's too much mocha in your mochaccino. Jesus. Let me speak to your manager. <laughs> Let me speak to the CEO of this company. <laughs> so anyway, so she'd been spotted by this assassin, and you have what I thought was going to be a longer shootout scene, but really it ultimately becomes like a standoff. And <laughs> she's got Uma Thurman at gunpoint. She Uma Thurman's like behind the bed holding a handgun, and she's got the assassin's got like a shotgun, Karen, and she's like, "I'm a fucking surgeon with this shotgun," which is an amazing line. And then uh, Uma Thurman's like, "I'm Annie Oakley, and I got you in my sight." So it's a proper standoff, you know. It's amazing. And then this is when Uma Thurman's like, I'm pregnant. And this is um, this is so funny. Um, the assassin then is like, okay, so there's a test by your The assassin, while still holding a gun towards Uma Thurman, is like on the floor trying to find a pregnancy kit. And she's like, I can't read the shit. And she's like, the box is also near you. <laughs> so she's like trying to get the box and read the instructions. And she realises it. She gets up. She backs out. She closes the door. There's a hole in the door from her blasting it. And you just see her face. And she just goes... Congratulations and fucks off. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's so it might be my favourite scene in the entire movie. It is it is so dumb. I love it. it all, and we're right now at the end, so it cuts back to the Bill conversation. And, you know, she says, Uma Furman says, a really cool line, yeah, before that strip turned blue, I was yours. Um but she basically didn't want BB to be in Bill's very, very killy world. So she didn't come back and Bill assumed she was dead. So he then spent time you know, trying to take revenge, almost like maybe in like a Kill Karen, oh, its own movie, Kill Karen. And then what, during that, he discovers uh, that the bride's alive, which is a lovely, again, yeah, a lovely parallel with the bride's own journey. He goes, yes, I overreacted. The bride gets annoyed at that. But I would say, no, he did overreact. I think that's true. <laughs> Just a little. Just that's, a little it, bit. It's technically true. There aren't many things in the world where where you end up with a gun to someone's head. It's not not correct to say, I overreacted. (laughs) I overreacted. (laughs) That is a very fair point. Also, a gun to the head after you've just gunned down like eight or nine other people. Now they they have a fight. It's not very long. It's quite. A, it's a. But it's still good. It, it's a, they're sitting at this table outside, and they have a sword fight, kind of while sitting down. And it is certainly a creative quick, sword fight. It's good. It's really interesting. And at one point, am I saying 
Bill or Uma Thurman rescabbards the other one's sword as a way mm. to like defend against it or something. Yeah, like, she she walks away with both swords, swords, both swords. Yeah, she doesn't leave hers behind. Hers is the best one. Like that's the whole point. Like Hanzo makes one last blade. Like hers is supposed to be the best, his masterpiece. Or something like <laughs> this is for Genji. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it is like it's the best sword, but. I guess there's only like one time in the first film where it's like actually shows better. Having that one million dollars for it, yeah, sure. <laughs> you should have asked for ten million. It would have resulted in exactly the same thing. I imagine. It just would have required more cases and more snakes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just I'd, I'd imagine with every million dollars, you just find another, another snake. snake to put in. He opens both of them at the same time and then two snakes are just like bam, 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 bam. <laughs> and for just another million dollars, we'll throw in a python! <laughs> another snake. I'm thinking in my head that she just cleared out the venomous pet store, which has got like fucking pla it's got like the low the okay ones like platypi. <laughs> we have the mythical python from Greek mythology. <laughs> He's here. He runs the shop. Maybe. We have a tutorial on how to learn Python if you want to do that as well. <laughs> We've got some fucking leftover turtles. They're not like the same, but they're similar. Um, anyway, so Bill is, I don't know if I said it, like basically dead now. Uh, kiddo has used the heart explode technique. And so he's sitting there. He's got a little bit of blood coming out of his mouth. He's still alive. He gets and death he says, exposition. You know, does he not say to her, yeah, death exposition, you're my favorite person who is sometimes a cunt. No, he, she, yeah, she, yeah. He, say, he says, no, you're not a bad person. You're an amazing person. But sometimes you can be a real... You know, he says, you're my favourite person, but sometimes you can be a real cunt. She wipes the blood from his mouth and he asks, how do I look? I wrote here about that cunt comment. I hope sometimes someone loves me enough to say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> One day, David. It's a really good emotional scene, though. Um, oh, definitely, yeah. How do I look? How do I look for my death? And he steps and he walks. I put precisely five steps, but it's six. So, as like we said earlier... Uh, either continuity error, or like you're saying, he's very strong, or possibly that he do five and then the next step kills you. The yeah. rules are unclear, and I think that's okay. Uh, I and think it's that's great really music cool. as well. Your heart can explode, and you can still take another couple of steps before your brain dies. I know this is contemplative. This entire movie is much more contemplative. It's much more toned down. I wish he had fucking exploded. Oh, there's a grenade in, that in his chest. That's <laughs> they said your heart's going to literally explode. Yeah. I was thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting him to just, like, explode in an epic proportion. She <laughs> <laughs> just covered in blood. This cuts back to her. And, yeah. and, and, and I mean explode like when Johnny Depp exploded in Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> yes! I want to see... Is there not a movie we're talking about, or one I've seen, where, like, there's some sort of... Yeah, it's in, it's in Kill Bill Volume 1, in the animated sequence, where um, Oren stabs the, like, paedophile guy, and so mm. much blood comes out, there's, like, a silhouette on the wall. That's what I want from this. I want Bill's body to be jimmy jelly everywhere. <laughs> um, just, I think that'd be so funny if, like, we've not done any of this for the entire movie, and now here's a fucking detonation. Um, Half the movie's budget is spent on fake blood. Exactly, that's what I wanted. That's certainly the case for Kim. It was for the first one, yeah. Yeah, but it was yeah amazing. And then she takes her daughter away, get in the car, which is being driven by someone else. I don't know who that was. Yeah, I, I thought that too. I was like, it's a taxi, isn't it? Taxi? It's just a taxi. Yeah, I saw it too. Yeah. Oh, was it was a taxi. I thought it was her car. No, but it's what? her. Isn't it the car she? Is it her Volkswagen? I swear it's the car that she. Stole I swear it's from... the same car. Yeah, I thought it was the same one as well. Uh, maybe maybe yeah. Bill has a valet, and uh, actually, yeah. she's she's just claimed his organization by killing him. 
Uh, and then you have like a hotel room. BB is watching cartoons on a hotel bed and they see a Lucky Charms box. And again, it reminds me of another piece of IMDb trivia I read. Director trademark, Quentin Tarantino. Brackets. Cereal. Quentin Tarantino features old boxes of cereal in his movies. 93 out of 100 people found this interesting. Here's <laughs> <laughs> a box of Lucky Charms on the table. I mean, fuck off. His two favourite things are feet and cereal. That's all he lives for. Yeah. Film is third. <laughs> That makes sense, honestly. How much cereal is there in Django Unchained? I'm <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, right. So, and then it goes into the bathroom. I, I didn't. I guess I didn't understand. She's rolling on the floor, kind of crying and laughing, and holding like a lion or a bear. And I guess it's because you know, she's killed someone she loved, but she's got BB back. Well, she's like accomplished her like, mission. It's and... also hysterical relief yeah. because she spent a year. Getting revenge on the people who ruined her life, and she's done it. She's done it, and that's like it's, whoa. It's very. I was about to say she can like claim this organization. That I realize she's killed every part of this organization. So there's nothing to claim. She is the organization. She can claim the blind Ellie Driver. Well, she's not because and this is something I was going to point out. Sophie Fatal, unless Bill didn't kill her, did he? Um, so she's still alive. I think it's implied he kills her. I think oh, it's okay. implied that maybe he does kill her. But okay, well, Ellie also, Driver's still she's, alive. She's not, she's not very competent at anything other than translating. Yeah. You don't know that. Her, her name's Fatal. Yeah, That's a waste of a cool name. She doesn't pick up a gun or a sword or anything. Yeah, Fatal in French actually means not deadly. It then ends with a kind of a black screen, white text. It's something like what? With the, li- the lioness has rejoined her cub and all is right in the jungle. Which mm-hmm. is very nice. And they get credits that show everyone in appearance order, including just like, you know, that the 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 guy that the pedophile that Gogo kills, uh, all those teens she yeah, murdered. The, I the think guy one who of, helps dig the grave. Yeah, just everyone, which is fun. I think that's pretty funny. Um and like I said, I did expect Sophie Fatal to reappear in this movie and she doesn't. But she does reappear in the credits. And then you get like one last thing. The Bride and BBs is actually a new clip. It's them driving off and it is very, very sweet. And then her code name's mother. They're yeah, all the other ones that Mommy. shows their code name. And I really like I mean, that's the end of the movie. I really like this movie. I if I was to rank them as I was hinting before, my top is still Kill Bill Volume One, and then my next is still Jackie Brown. This would come after Jackie Brown. Um I, I really enjoyed it, but uh I I, I guess I was just looking forward to more absolute insanity like Kill Bill mm. Volume 1. And it has some of that, but obviously because this is... I don't know if I've said this on the podcast earlier, but this is the second This is the second act. It's the second act of a movie, really, not a yeah, second part. Yeah, so it's kind of so hard to... Of course it's more contemplative and toned I, down. I think I, I prefer it to Kill Bill Volume 1. Really? Interesting. I think I do. I, I like... Okay. I like... I think the action just, in it, fine. when used, is very good. It feels much more... Like, obviously... You know, an aspect of Tarantino is like excessive violence and like kind of, you know, it's excessive use of these things. But yeah. the way it's used in it is so clever and so precise. It just feels really like like highly tuned. It's mm. just... Yeah, I see that. I felt that strong. I guess, like I said before, I like it when it's properly fucking totally mental, like in Kill Bill Volume 1, or insanely toned down, like in Jackie Brown. Mm. Um and this is obviously much more in the middle, so I, I probably wouldn't like personally. I probably wouldn't like it as much. You see what I mean? Yeah. But I totally agree with you. I mean, it's a great. It's a great movie, and I'm guessing all of us also probably really like this movie. I really like it too. Yes. 
I, I, I really enjoyed it. It wasn't, it didn't play out how I thought it was going to play out. Um, no. But in that, but the way it played out, I actually think was better than any of the expectations that I had oh, going cool. into it. Good. I like. Yeah. I, I think in retrospect, it should have been this contemplative. I just also really want to see more blood fountains. I, I, I still think. <laughs> I, <laughs> Go watch some anime if you want blood fountains. No, never. I think my, 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 my biggest gripe is the fact that it's two separate movies, and I'm guessing out there there's probably some version where you there can is, watch it is, as like one cut. complete thing. I mean, you can um, just watch them back to back. You can do that as well. Um, would you guys like to hear some of the, the trivia bits then that I've not sprinkled throughout? That I found can I have a trivia bit as well to say? Okay, do you want to start? You go, Finn, then I'll go. Okay, it's the, more of a trivia of uh, the guy who plays Bill. What's his name again? Um, Michael Madsen. No. It's not. Uh, it's just a flute thing but, again. No, no, it's not a flute thing. It's a different it's thing. A new thing. He was okay. supposed to play Duke Leto in a 1970s Dune remake um, that was going to have Pink Floyd doing the soundtrack. And Ooh. it never got made, which is why they use a Pink Floyd song in the new Dune trailer. Oh, it's, okay. And he was going to play Duke Leto, which is Oscar Isaac's character in the new film. Ooh. And he would have been really cool because yeah? he's a really good character. And it would have been really good with him playing it. I know, it would have been more of him being June. a cool dad, but also a total badass. I know total nothing about June. Besides, that's the thing with big, big worms, big sandworms, big worms, big, worms. big, big sandwormy boys. The uh, the makers. Um, they're not Mongolian death worms, which I kind of for some reason always thought they were, uh, but they're not. <laughs> it, it is. Do you hear? You heard Mongolian death worms, and you saw a picture of a sandworm, and you're like, yes, yes. Yes. Combined. Well, I've seen I've seen the Scooby What's New Scooby Doo episode with the Mongolian Death Worm. It's a great one. Yeah, that one's basically Tremors, isn't it? I think it's no. I think it's like it's a wacky racers. It's like wacky racers, basically, and because the, the worm is someone's car, like a worm yes. shell. Oh, fuck, I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> Fifteen years. I guess ago. what else would it be? It seared itself so much into my mind. Okay, would you guys like? Okay, my my trivia bits now. There's a something that says it's something like geographical goofs. Outside the chapel in El Paso at the bride's wedding, his wedding rehearsal, there can clearly, clearly be seen a Joshua tree. There are no Joshua trees in Texas. <laughs> you know, 17 people found this interesting. Well, 15 people are liars, obviously. Now, and because I'm really vindictive, I then did some research and there are some, so fuck you, apparently. <laughs> According to R. Gibson on November the 6th, 2006, on the website bigbenchat.com, um, there are some, and the largest is on 118 south of Alpine, wherever the fuck that is in Texas. Although, I will say, there are comments below that were like, no, there are no, there are none of these trees in Texas, actually. So maybe it was the same guy writing both. Um, someone did refer to them in, in, the, in the text chat as well as the J tree. The Joshua tree, the jade tree, which I love. Bar one, which I'm not going to mention. Finn knows what it is, uh, When I, and this will remain a secret for a little while. Uh, I have gone through and tried to find every movie or TV show that that is like a title of which is a parody of Kill Bill. And I have, a few, I have them. So I'm going to tell you guys them oh, and see gosh. what you think, okay? How many of these are adult movies? <laughs> Um, I actually left the porn ones, but I okay, think, good because you probably had to buy a lot more of these. Didn't buy any oh, of okay. them. Okay, <laughs> you went out like nations. You went searching. You did say for... a massive collection, didn't you? Uh... Oh, of titles. Uh, okay, I've okay. written the names. So Mulra Two, Kill Teen Ape. 
Uh, the plot of this is Mulra kills those who stole her Halloween candy, which sent her into a, I presume, diabetic coma. <laughs> Jesus. This is a good one. This is 12 minutes long. It's a short film. Uh, that's generous. Kill Dill. Two L's. Our hero, which is a human, seeks revenge on a pickle and his team of vegetable assassins. Um, good God. It's a human man. It's done with stop motion. It's 12 minutes long. I thought it was pretty funny when I watched about four seconds of it, but then actually it's not. Um, it's really Very bad, derivative. Honestly, I think it knows. <laughs> I watched a bit of it. It's really bad, but I think it knows it. Uh, Kill Bujo. Which is uh, Kill Bujo, the movie, and Kill Bujo 2. These are Norwegian parodies of Kill Bill that Quentin Tarantino has watched the trailers for and gave his stamp of approval to. He likes to look at them. No. Um, they're, they're officially part of the canon. Mm. Oh, yeah, they're incorporated. Uh, they're the official Kill Bills 3 and 4. Um, <laughs> two movies called Kill Jill, one of which might be porn. As I said, I didn't want to research it too closely, as there are. Actors who are cast as Jill, bracket, non-sex role, and Priest, bracket, non-sex role. So I can assume there are sex mm. roles in that movie. Uh, that's a, that's it seems a strange guess. that you'd have to specify. Specify, exactly. The other one, I really don't think is a porn, because it has Sir Patrick Moore and Jeremy Bullock in it. Yeah, Jeremy Bullock, Boba Fett. Um, it's an episode of the insane-looking show... Star Hike, which is a sci-fi comedy that appears to star the thing from the Fantastic Four with a penis for a head. It's I I can't work out what this is. There's also Kill Gill, Volume One and Two, which is a Simpsons episode. <laughs> I yes, I know that one. There is an episode of Charmed called Kill Billy, Volume Two. There's a Robot Chicken sketch. Kill oh, Bunny. That's... Oh, okay. Well, which I... is Jesus it's... getting revenge on oh my the God. Easter Bunny and a load of right. Jewish ninjas. Okay. Wow. I mean, that wasn't on the list because I was basically searching for anything that was like alliterative. But add it to the list. Uh, Kill Dill with one L. A 2014 two-hour comedy Indian film, which I can't tell if it's just a parody or it's like, it's sort of a totally different thing, but the referential title. Um, I, I sort of looked at it and went, oh, maybe this is good. But I looked at a 4.3 out of 10, so it's probably not. And I was researching this at 1.30am and I'm going to be honest, I only have one left on my list and so I, st- I wanted to sleep so I stopped. Uh, the last one is Kill Pill which is a zombie movie um, featuring a character named Britney Bitch uh, and that actress who plays Britney Bitch it is her only IMDB credit, Kill Pill. Um, I also found an actor called Chill Wills who died in 1978 and he was a western actor and Oscar nominee. He voiced Francis the Talking Mule, whatever the fuck that is. That is my near-complete list of things that parody a title of Kill Bill. I'm sure it's nowhere near complete. Okay, well that was Kill Bill Volume 2. You guys got any got any social medias you want to list? You don't have to, but you can again. No more LinkedIn. Oh, I want to, I want to link my Okay, Fraser can do his <laughs> LinkedIn, but no one else. Fraser wants no, to I need the LinkedIn. No, I might need my LinkedIn. <laughs> As well. well you can find me on uh, you can find me on facebook instagram and linkedin uh all on my name so fraser command you can find me there uh and uh, yeah it's pretty much it for my social stuff yeah please find me um i um i'm typically i'm not on a social media but i, I do exist as an entity in and of itself in the clouds so if you complete the internet arg you'll find me that's what <laughs> i am since the last episode i've once again decided that i no longer exist online 
<laughs> so don't go to his military Tumblr. Um, you can find me on blizzard.net. <laughs> you got a battle.net account. Find me on Steam at. Add me on uh, what's it, Uplay. <laughs> find me on Epic Games. Why not add me on Fraser, EA that's Origin? Too far. That's too far. My Netflix account name is David. <laughs> my password is <laughs> you can communicate to me by watching things Finn's address is <laughs> find me on my Christian Minecraft server <laughs> oh man just as a side bit about Christian Minecraft servers uh, there's a um there's a great BBC article I saw. It was it was not. I mean, it wasn't a super interesting article, but it's the headline that I love, which was uh, "Bishop Skins into Minecraft World." And basically, <laughs> a bishop had started doing like sermons in Minecraft, but he's skinned so because he'd done like a skin of himself. But such an unpleasant skin. term for it. <laughs> he's been skinned into Minecraft. Bishop skin dot dot dot. Just click the article mm. to see the rest of the headline. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um, we'll catch us next month uh, it might be a number full episode but it might be a mini set it depends on what we have time to do but certainly the next mainline episode we'll be doing will be Inglorious Bastards yes. which I am very much looking forward to thank you very much for listening everyone goodbye bye, bye. Welcome to Quentin Quarantino, Episode 5, Kill Bill, Volume 2. Oot, Mulov, Lib, Lick, Vif, Dossipe, Onit, Narauk, Nit, Nuke, Ot, Mucklu, Wulham, Sot, Huin, Sin, Quaran, Simot, Yerhison, Fiam, Hill, Mill, Falum, Smoot.